Hello, welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine, and today I've got Sean from Blue Banther Milk. How are you going, Sean? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. It's been the weather's got super hot here, so that kind of I don't I don't do hot weather very well. I've lived in Australia <laughs> for like seven years. I lived in Thailand and all these other places, like super tropical places. And I think I'm just I'm English. No matter where yeah. I go, I just can't get away from it. So, but it's I'm sort of cooped in my office now, and it's quite I've got. I'm quite paranoid in terms of, uh, I don't know where I got this from. Like if you switch the lights on, it it makes the room hotter. So I have it quite dark with just like my ring light. I'm just like in the dark around my computer and I quite like it. It feels colder, but I might just Mm. be going mad. (laughs) No, I think, you know, old fashioned, not even that old fashioned, Mm. but older lights, they would emit heat. So, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, um, Look, in your defence, last week it was very cold. True. Yeah, I was I was going to work in heavy coats, wool tights, and you know heaters were on. And today is thirty two degrees Celsius. Yeah. Air conditioners. You know, Catherine's got the guns out. <laughs> which, uh, to anyone who knows me, you know that is a sign of it's warm. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. We've we've had a, a big few weeks in terms of like announcements because Disney just decided, yep, here's the next decade of your life. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's wild. I heard someone describe it as being like um, it was like that that obviously the investor day and they had the about an hour of it was just announcements and it was like having a hundred. Um, What's the hall at Comic Con? Is it Hall H? Is oh, that the big one? Yeah, Hall H. It was yeah. like a hundred Hall H's. Like you couldn't catch your breath between announcements before something else would come, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, that's that's pretty incredible!" And yeah. just on top of each other, and a lot, of, a lot of like nothing stuff. A lot of like weird sequels, like Sister Act three, and not weird, but like Hocus Pocus <laughs> two, and a prequel to Lion King, and all that. Yeah. But then all the Marvel stuff sounds amazing, but especially the the Star Wars stuff sounds. Like it's going to be some real interesting stuff in there. Yeah, like they're they're really doing in a way what they promised in 2015. Yeah, and it's it's sort of taken them working out okay, streaming is where we want to do things to for them to go. Yep, let's do this whole heap of things. Yeah. So, well, yeah, because the Kenobi was probably going to be a few years ago. It was probably going to be a movie, Boba Fett. Anything to do with him would have been a movie and all that. But, yeah, I guess they're seeing the way it's going. It'll be interesting if they start looking at it the way that, um, like, the Marvel stuff where the obviously they've got the movies and then the um, the TV shows are going to actually, like, actively tie into the movies. I don't know. I don't know if Star Wars has that sort of movie future ahead of it. I don't – I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, you don't know whether they've got a foggy – there Mm. but you've got to think feige's at disney you'd you'd be tapping him on the shoulder to at least mentor someone and you think favreau in some ways like favreau started the mcu yeah with iron man and and he's been there all the way could he do it yeah i couldn't yeah i couldn't see why not like it's not like it because a lot of people are saying like I was the idiot to saying like he should replace <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy and you're like no 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 that's a different 
that's yeah. a different job. That's not really what Feige does. He's not like he's you know there's a there's a difference between what they do. Whereas Favreau is more the Feige character who would be on the ground mm. doing the movie stuff. You know, which I'd like to see. It would be interesting. It would be cool if they started developing that. I know some people have sort of looked at all the announcements and said, oh, you know, it's oversaturation and all that. But I mean, we're floating on a rock that's slowly dying. Let's let us just have fun. <laughs> yeah. That's happy way of looking at it. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it looks like a lot of projects, but you think, okay, they're not all coming out next year. They're all, they're coming out over a length of time. Um, Mm -hmm. they're not like old fashioned 26 episode seasons. Kenobi's what, eight? I think six. Six. Oh, damn. Yeah. Those, those two extra were going to be the best. They were going to be the best ones, but it is, you got to just, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. Andor 12. (laughs) Andor's 12. And I don't know, because that was the thing actually, I was looking at that just before we started recording. So um because they're describing them in different ways so it's like this is a limited series this is an event series this is another you know so i think lando and kenobi are both called limited series which implies i guess that they're just going to be like six six to eight episodes done which makes sense i feel like if they're going to bring in donald glover and billy d they're not going to have them for years and years but then the andor one it just says 12 episode series it's look Catherine, very happy about the prospect of ongoing ongoing Cassian mm-hmm. in her life. Um, so when the investor calls were on, I was at school in class teaching those year 12s. They don't know how lucky they are <laughs> to have me during that, you know, time because, of course, it was not only during the investment time but i'm pretty sure they timed it for the lucasfilm announcements was when i was literally in class oh yeah so i you know i had all my things on do not disturb because i'm good um (laughs) but you know i got off and and there was my phone with a number you know, so we're on a, a group chat of, of Australian-based Star Wars fans. I got off and, my God, the, the, the <laughs> length of notifications was insane. I, I feel like I was, when I looked back on that, I was like there was a lot for me that were just swearing and just like names of actors <laughs> and stuff like that. So I think I, yeah, I helped with that. But, yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's, that's tough because I am... Um, I used to be a teacher as well, and that sort of thing. When something's happening when you're in when you're in class, mm-hmm. I remember it being like, you know, the Oscars would be on, and and I'd be kind of like looking at my phone under the desk and stuff like that, and like you can't quite just be like, hey guys, just give me twenty minutes, just put it on the projector on the wall or something like that. Yeah, which is a shame. Oh, <coughs> believe, yeah, believe me, I'd love to, um, you know, be in class having my podcasting or go, hey. Would, would any of you mind if I just, you know, play this live YouTube stream right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, somehow I think that the school might frown on that, especially as kids now are not allowed to take their phones, have to stay in their lockers all day. Okay. Start of the day, go in their lockers, end of the day is when they're allowed to take them out. 
And yes, we have to police that. That's, yeah, that sucks. That really yeah. sucks. So I guess yes. you can't be seen. I, I worked at a school in Turkey and it was like the students weren't allowed to have water in the class. So to make it fair, what? the teachers weren't either. You know, like three hour classes in Turkey. Was, some days it was ridiculous. But yeah. So they know where water. I allowed water. So then we weren't either because then it was like, oh, well, if you have water and they, they can't, it's like a yeah. double standard. So we were like, okay, let the students have water then. <laughs> then but it's like, no, just, it's just nothing for nobody. Very strange. Teaching is weird. That's, sorry, I'm, I'm going to be stuck on that <laughs> for ages now. That's insane. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd completely forgotten about that actually until, until you mentioned that phone <laughs> thing and it just went bing. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because... I mean, we allow them water in class, but obviously no other food or drinks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're allowed water. Um, yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> I can't even remember the logic behind it, but um, yeah, no, just weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I was in cl- class. Everyone had left. You know, they they'd shoot. I shoot them off. Yeah, go. Yeah, bye. Bye. Yeah, see you next year. Bye. Bye. Because it was literally also their last class of the year. So I was like, yeah, bye. Bye. See you next year. Bye. Yeah, do your homework. Bye. Shut the door. Okay, now I'll look through my notifications. And, and of course, he was like, Catherine, Cassian. It's called Andor. Mm. And I'm like, oh. And then, yeah, the logo. And I think, and at that point, I literally collapsed to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, sounds it, all right. It was just amazing. Um, and I haven't said this out loud before, but um, if I was to ever get a tattoo, I would be tempted to get the rebel symbol that's from the Andor yeah. logo because I really, really like it. It's cool. It's very mm. cool because it is sort of, um, it's it's got that sort of look to it as in like, it's the start of the rebellion. So this is sort of like what our symbol is and the symbol gets refined, but it's like, yeah. no, this is the beginning now. This is the start. Cause I, I've got the, I've got the logo up on the screen now looking at it. And, <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's cool. It sort of, um, uh, it sets the tone for what the yeah. show is going to be like. Um, it's, it's not perfect. It's yeah. ragged. It's worn. Mm. You know, you think that's who Cassian is. He's, he's rough around the edges. He's not perfect. He's, He's been through a lot. Mm. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm liking the cast as well. I didn't know Fiona Shaw was going to be in it. And <gasps> um, yeah, we've just started watching I love Fiona Shaw. Uh, Killing Eve, which obviously Fiona uh, Shaw is in. Yeah. And she's amazing. As, and as amazing as well as like a spy master. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's going to be something that's going to tie in. And yeah. I'm a big fan of Stellan Skarsgård from um, uh, since I saw him in Ronan which is a, like mm. a De Niro movie set in Paris, which is fantastic. And he's, yeah. he's one of the villains and he's amazing. Um, and then, yeah, Guinevere O'Reilly. Always, always happy to see her as my Mothma. Yeah. So it's great. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny, I was reading an article on the weekend about her because she's going to be in an Australian movie called The Dry. Uh, set. yes. Yes. So with Eric Banner. So... You know, based off the book, The Dry. I, yeah. I saw um, 
Jane Harper at the uh, Melbourne Writers Festival when she first mm. released The Dry. And that, that book, obviously, like, that book was massive before it was even published. And I remember her sort of, like, um, very, she was very humble. And someone said, like, oh, I, I heard that, like, you know, Reese Witherspoon had been in touch about a movie. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I had some conversations with her. She's so lovely. And I think we've worked something out. And then later on, I read that, obviously, they'd paid her a million dollars for the rights to the book and all that. And, uh-huh. and now the movie's getting made. <laughs> So, but she was very cool. She was just sort of like, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's all a bit of a whirlwind, isn't it? And just like, no, Reese Witherspoon just wrote you a check. You know, that's brilliant. But yeah, great. And she's a, I I think she's pretty local. Like she's, Mm. she's a Melbourne base. I think she's somewhere around me. Like it's just um, amazing. Yeah. Because the dry was just a phenomenon. Yeah. Like her first novel. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. I didn't realize that, like, is Guinevere Riley? I thought she was Irish, but then I think the article you said was she was Australian Irish. Yeah, like she was born in Ireland. They came out here when she was eight or nine or something, and I think she's sort of with her career. She's worked here and worked in the UK, um, and that's how she got the role initially as Mon Mothma in the deleted scenes in Revenge of the Sith. It was that that she was an Australian-based actress. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, obviously, she also looks loads like the original actress. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting now watching, obviously having spent quite a lot of time in Australia and then, like, watching the prequels and just, like, seeing some, like, background extras and stuff like that and just being like, that person's Australian. You know, you can just tell yeah. by the by the way they walk and the way they look and all that. And like, oh, okay, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it'll always be Jack Thompson. He'll, he'll never be whatever was his name. I can't even think of his character's name. Um, I'm Googling. Jack. Lars? No. Um, oh, what's his... Uh, yeah. Yeah, because he's just Jack Thompson. Like, to Australians, that's just Jack Thompson. Yeah. He can't, he can't be anyone else. Cleeg, wasn't he? Cleeg Lars. Yeah, Cleeg. That's it, Cleeg Lars. I know why I know that. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to be. But, yeah, uh, well, I guess in terms of the Lars, as a, as a perfect segue, we're going to be – we've got um, Kenobi. And, like, the Kenobi thing – with that being the announcement, I was like, oh, okay, this, I don't think there was, I, to be honest, I didn't think there was going to be much to announce on that. I was like, well, we know the show mm. exists. We know who's writing it. We know who's directing it. Um, and I'd read some sort of casting rumors, but I didn't know that Hayden Christensen was going to be in it, which is yeah. just, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're going all out. I really hope it's, flashbacks to Clone Wars or some kind of dream sequences or something. I think that would be awesome to see Obi-Wan, like, haunted basically by his memories of Anakin. Yeah, definitely. That's why he's stuck there on Tatooine. Or how did um, Boba Fett say it? He says Tatooine in a very distinctive way. I think it's just, oh, I'm not sure now, actually. Now I have to go back. Yeah. Playing a weird, yeah. Well, there's there's always that weird thing with like sci-fi stuff. I'm listening to the audiobooks of um, Frank Herbert's Dune, and the guy pronounces all the surnames really weird. But mm. so the 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 ones that I assumed was the Atreides, he pronounces the Atreides, 
And then it's the Harkonnens, not the Harkonnens. And I'm like, yeah, but I've seen films of this. It's really odd. And it's really, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, the Hayden Christensen thing, like when they're like, oh, it's going to be the rematch of the century and all that. You've got to assume it's going to be some sort of force thing. Because he's not going to be fighting him as Darth Vader. Because you just get no. a stuntman for Darth Vader. You wouldn't get Hayden, Chris- Hayden Chris- Christensen no. to come back wear the suit and have James Earl Jones's voice. It doesn't make any sense at all. No, it it doesn't because yeah, they've they had just someone, I think yeah, I can't remember who, just someone in the suit for Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And they had a number of people obviously in the originals, not just David Prowse. Yep. Um OIP. Who Yep. Um so yeah, I if if you're getting Hayden back, you're getting his face. Yeah. That's that's why you're getting back. Yeah. So maybe we get flashbacks to the temple, something. It, it's it's interesting. Like I I I did another podcast a couple of days ago, uh, a YouTube video, and we were talking about a similar thing. And I was saying like it's going to be really interesting to have Hayden come back and have. And this, I don't know, this is a controversial thing, but have a director who knows how to direct actors. Not controversial. Okay, good. And <laughs> also like dialogue that's going to be a little bit more polished and stuff like that. Because yeah. when you do watch Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, he's trying his hardest, but some of the mm. material he's got is terrible. And you do sort of see Ewan McGregor manages to make, you know, he manages to make chicken soup out of chicken shit. But... Yeah. He's a more experienced actor who's sort of he's getting by on a lot of charm, whereas Hayden Christensen's really sort of given some clunkers to kind of force out. So I'll yeah. be intrigued to see, like, because he's a good actor. I've seen him in like broken glass and stuff like that. Is it no shattered glass? And he's he's good. He just needs, yeah. I think, just to be to write have the script and the direction. So it it could be absolutely amazing. It could be a real a real thing that sort of um, it just improves all the stories around it. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm excited. Yeah, for. and to see them like doing it all in the volume mm. as well, because you know it's good an, an actor you and is. He's he has sort of publicly said how difficult it was doing all of this in just green. Yeah. That to imagine everything is is so hard because yeah it's it's nothing and yes he can he's a good actor Mm. but you know like you've got to there's got to be difference as an actor to pretending to see you know the razor crest yeah to then actually seeing the razor crest yeah you know on it on the screen is just a difference oh 100% I imagine Mm. If you're trying to like talk to another actor, or maybe even like talk to like a tennis ball on a stick in a complete yeah. green surrounding, you, there's too many things going on. You're trying to imagine too many things and remember yeah. your lines and emote and all that. Whereas, like you say, if you're just sat there and suddenly you're on an alien planet and you can just see it all in front of you, mm. all those distractions have gone away and you can just kind of get into it. And uh, I think, yeah, I am. Of all the shows, that one, because of my love for Obi-Wan, that sort of yeah. jumped to the top. And I love that 
and then the Andor will fall into this as well. I love that period between Revenge of the Sith and I guess Rogue One, like that sort of bit where the Empire have completely taken over and there's this little pockets of rebellion and it's just building. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yes, I'm a Cassian fan, mm. but I think the Andor, you know, period as well, has got so much scope for what they can do with it. Mm. It could really get into what the rebellion's doing, who they are. Um, of course, you know, in my head, I'd also be going, you know, snipping back to the Empire and seeing what certain members of the Empire are doing mm-hmm. because, of course, you know, I want Krennic in there as well because yeah. I'm greedy and I want everything. <laughs> but, you know, Mendo is going to be in a um, an MCU series. He's going to be in a yes. show with Samuel Jackson. And I think... That's always promising when, once an actor sort of gets into that sort of family, you know. So yeah. he's there now. He's in the mix. And, you know, so that, that that puts him in a nice position to just be like, oh, we need you for a few episodes of um, of, Cass- of Cassian, of Andor, um, which, yeah, which would be cool. I think that'd be awesome yeah. just to have him appear and do some, get into some mischief and then disappear again. That'd be great. <laughs> and, and they're building, you know, what, the volume in London, mm-hmm. they've got volume in LA, volume in London, and I think they're building one in Sydney. In was Sydney, that? yeah. So I was actually looking at, um, uh, I was looking at jobs today, and if you look at <laughs> Sydney, um, IL, ILM are hiring tons and tons and tons of like animators, visual effects people, model makers, just tons in Sydney. Awesome. So that's yeah. that's really promising. Yeah, so they can really have productions going all, yep. you know, like three, two to three productions all going concurrently in different locations around the world. And you think, well, you know, yeah, Mendo could be in in LA filming um, something for Marvel and then the next day he walks into the volume and it's Krennic. Yeah. He's Krennic. You know, like because of the nature of the volume, it it could just easily switch in and out like that. Like, yes, there's some yeah. set, but it's really the the LEDs, and it doesn't. It's not as mammoth a task to put a set up and down. That's that's very true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that actually. Like with them having the three and just being like, and such crucial places as well. I guess. Mm. Well, yeah, Sydney. Um, but yeah, like you say, you just, oh, I'm in London doing a play. Oh, brilliant. Can you just this afternoon go into the big dome, do yeah. something right? Like, cool. Thank you. Right. You can go back to your play now. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Because they, there was all, always that talk about, well, how much is Pedro in the suit? Mm. Um, and I know first season he wasn't in it as much as what we'd probably like, but I, but I read an article saying he was doing a play during a lot of the initial filming. Right. So he couldn't physically be in it. But I haven't read the same thing for second season. No. So I suspect he's been in the in the armor far more. And Friday's episode, uh, The Believer, um, 
you know, when he came out in that stormtrooper armor, my brain went, that is Pedro. Yeah. His his body shape, it's not bulky like a stock stuntman's. That's Pedro. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right. I think there's definitely been more scenes where I think there's been a lot of more interaction with Grogu that's felt more um, acted, I guess, if you know mm. what I mean. Like, Because when you see him and he's doing like fight scenes and stuff like that, that is like a professional MMA, you know, born ass kicker, yeah. moves like a dancer. And not so, you know, it's just very different to how an actor moves. Like there's that scene in the first season where he just opens the door and he comes out and the stormtrooper shoots him and the thing bounces off and he just starts blasting everyone. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's a stuntman. Yeah. But it's great. That, <laughs> that one is John Wayne's grandson. Yes. Like I've just, yeah. Which is why. Which. It is so cool mm. that because of the Western vibe on the Mandalorian, that <laughs> that is the stuntman that you've got. It is so cool. That is very cool. Yeah, they've they've done a lot of really just cool casting and smart casting. Yes, I and yeah yeah, it's 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 awesome that they haven't. Um, I, I don't know. To, they haven't like kowtowed to trends i guess like yeah. carl weathers and like michael michael bn are like two actors who were very much of the 80s and aren't like huge aren't even remotely like yeah. huge stars today but they haven't even got that sort of like um like say kevin bacon an actor who's been yeah. massive and sort of is still around but sort of does a bunch of but they've sort of disappeared off the radar and it's like you get the feeling that favreau or feloni has been like oh no i loved them in terminator yeah. or rocky or whatever let's give them some work and let's let's work with them so we can kind of like between shots be like oh what was it like doing this this and this um and that's and that's been cool because the show's so massive you get the feeling there's probably a lot of people trying to guest star on it but they're sticking with sort of like you know they got all the deadwood actors they got uh tights as well of her who i know you're a big fan of yeah and that was great like he just popped in did a little, little cool thing made a big impact and it, it's interesting. It's like some really cool, interesting casting um, to just get the right people. And it's it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, I, I remember when they were first announcing that first season, the cast list, and, you know, Pedro, um, Werner Herzog, yeah. Carl Weathers, Nick Nolte, we're all just standing around going, <laughs> what the hell is with this cast? It's awesome, but what the hell? Yeah, there's no, there's no logic to it, is there, like... I, my, one of my favorite things in the world is that they got Werner Herzog to do it. And I watched, I watched this movie called uh, Family Romance LLC. And it was a, it was a movie that Werner Herzog filmed in Japan. And Mm -hmm. afterwards he did like a virtual Q&A. And he said that to, to get the money to make that movie, he was like, oh, I said I would sign up to star in this Star Star Wars show. I was like, okay, that makes sense. That's why Werner did it. But then the more he talked about this thing, he got so into it and he really enjoyed it. <laughs> and there's a scene in Family Romance LLC where they spend time in a, a robot hotel and there's mm. just robots everywhere and he just focuses on them for ages. And in the Q&A, he was like, oh, my obsession with robots started when I met Baby Yoda. <laughs> and he was like, and when I met him and the baby and he was so, I just loved it. And it's interesting that I think he started the job as like a bit of a mercenary. I need some money to make a film. And then actually yeah. just had a really, really good time. And was like <laughs> the best thing in every scene he was in. 
oh, just amazing. And you can see that for him as a filmmaker to be on a set like that, yeah. like in the volume with top, you know, special effects and robotics and everything just cutting edge, him just going, oh, this is amazing yeah. and him almost geeking out over things. But I love it that he's the one who said to the filmmakers, don't be cowards, use the puppet. Yeah. And and you really feel like in the second season, I've seen so many scenes where it's it's so puppety and it works so well. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is this that thing. There's a scene in um one of the episodes, I think it was on the Frog Lady had like one of her eggs had become a tadpole or whatever yeah and baby yoda grogu is playing with it when it's in a plate and it's just like this little fake fish just moving from side mm. to side and i was like brilliant love it yeah that's really good yeah. and it's it's just like some cheap little effect but you're like good i don't i don't care it gets gets across i don't need two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a cgi fish i know what a fish looks yeah. like i'm fine yeah <laughs> and it looked great yeah well i watched the um the netflix um Dark Crystal mm. series prequel, and of course that's all puppets, you know, you know, augmented with some CGI to help with leg movements and all of that type of thing. But puppets just really—they've got the weight. They're that three-dimensional light works on them, yeah. you know, so much better and just convey so much. And the behind-the-scenes. Um, making of that is just amazing to see the how the the puppet is such an extension of the puppeteers yeah and how much they can convey it's yeah it's It's, amazing it is incredible and it's cool that we've sort of um had that sort of thing in sort of like the late 90s 2000s where like all that models and miniature stuff got a little bit binned Actually, no, I say Peter Jackson kind of kept it alive with the Lord of the Rings movies. That was so, yeah. there was a lot of practical stuff in there. Obviously, a lot of CGI, but a lot of like, I think the thing that actually disappointed me quite a bit with the Hobbit trilogy was how cartoony that was. Because like, yeah. oh, you, you, I, I was obsessed with the making of behind the scenes things of Lord of the Rings and how yeah. much love and effort went into every part of that. And then when I watched The Hobbit, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what's missing because that's not mm. there. Like, it's just been like, oh, let's just CG this. We're not going to make it into, you know. Uh, and it was weird yeah. how how poor that movie looked, even though it was 10 years older than its sequels that looked better yeah. and have aged better. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was definitely that sort of thing. Of like, oh, ev- like, even Lucas, everything can be done on a computer now. We don't need models. Mm. We don't need puppets and all that. And now we're coming back around to be like, actually, no, it looks cool. And it works. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, you know, I have no issue with them sort of augmenting and, mm. and adjust and helping with, with CG. Um, but, you know, at Celebration I was at the Mandalorian panel and they had this whole bit about the making of and they were focusing on one of the camera moves of the Razor Crest going through space um, and how, yeah, they it was built in a guy's garage. <laughs> And they were just taking pass after pass mm-hmm. with the model and then, yeah, doing augment slightly with, with CGI. But, yeah, it was model work and, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's a it's it's a tool rather than like a, a, a crutch or whatever. Like 
I think I remember when Fury, uh, Mad Max Fury Road came out and everyone was like, oh, there's no CG at all. And I was like, no, there's tons of CG. But it's yeah. so good that you can't see it because it's all around all this cool real stuff to just kind of... It's like the amount of CG that um, David Fincher uses that no one realizes. Mm. He uses tons of stuff, <laughs> but it's hidden behind real things, you know. That's, yeah. that's how it works. Um, but that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I think um, back to that documentary about mm. the the volume that I think you you sent the link to us for about you know, an Australian guy who's doing the lighting for the Mandalorian in the first season and how he was talking about how the volume is you know the lighting that this it's done there on set it's not artificial yep. with and so he's deciding the lighting there on the set it's not a cgi artist doing it it's yeah and it's yeah. It, it gives you that thing though like how cheaply they can make the stuff so you end up with mm. like the first episode of the second season with that crate dragon that's a film that's what you see in a movie you wouldn't see that on tv and you would only see that if you did see it on tv like in game of thrones it would be the end of the season it would be like yep. the big finale whereas this is like oh this is how we're going to open it and we're just going to keep that level <laughs> all the way through <laughs> yeah i they really you know set the gauntlet down for okay this is what television's going to look like now yeah keep up with us that's it um yeah, so yeah, I I grew up on practical effects, mm-hmm. you know, with my Doctor Who, <laughs> like the, where sets you know physically shook, yeah, uh, or CGI was you know those very bright painted eighties, <laughs> yeah, explosions. They were great. Yeah, they were wonderful. I'm I'm currently watching. I, I I set myself this goal ages ago. I'm trying to watch every single episode of Doctor Who. So I finished the first Doctor and the second Doctor, and I've just started into the third. And yeah. um, it's wonderful. Like, because you do, when you see people complain who, like, have watched the new Doctor Who and then they go back and, like, oh, the special effects are crap and this is crap. You're like, yeah, but think about it in terms of the time it's in and then just yeah. switch your brain off and enjoy it. Because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the person who would most likely enjoy watching Doctor Who would be Doctor Who, <laughs> would be the Doctor. <laughs> You know, we get a super thrill, a thrill after seeing like the most these ridiculous masks and all that, and it's great. Yeah, it's and it's wonderful. And they say it's all there. It's all practical. It's all like when you see the Silorians or whatever, and they've got the big eye in the center of their head, and it's just like a, a torch going. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and it's great. And I was like, oh my god, how awesome! They're terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but and Doctor Who's all about story. Yeah, and they can set you know, that tone with a story and a great speech. Hmm. But yeah, you know, yeah, the first and second Doctor, you know, they're the ones where there are missing episodes because, of course, things were only meant to be seen once (laughs) and BBC, to save money, recorded over things. Which is is pretty incredible. Um, (sighs) Yeah, it's it's amazing. I was trying to explain this to... um, uh, to Fiona, my wife, we were just chatting about mm-hmm. it, and I was saying, like, because I'd, I'd bought a book of um, one of the missing episodes, and I was saying to her, like, oh, you know, I'd never seen this episode because 
um, you can't you can't see it anywhere because all the, the tapes have been taped over. And she thought I was yeah. joking. I was like, no, no, no. The <laughs> physical tapes have been taped over by someone at the BBC. I was like, and there are people whose job it is to travel the world and find these tapes. Mm. And I was like, and you do find that kind of a, a news story will come out and it'll be like, someone was in Nigeria at a warehouse and they opened a box <laughs> and it was every episode of um, the second Doctor Who sees, uh, uh, thing, the, the enemy of the world. And then yeah. and that's it. And that's how they've got it. And no one had seen it before if you hadn't watched it in 1966, you know, and that's the thing. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Or they've got the audio from some episodes yeah. and some photo stills from the set and they've gone and made a cartoon, yeah. like an animated version of it with the voices. It's it's just incredible what it, they've done. It is. It's amazing. And um mm. I love the enemy of the world. That was such a good, such a good serial. Um, but yeah, and and on that, actually, I, I wanted to thank you because you were the one who advised me to watch um, Star Trek Discovery. Yes, and I've just finished the first season yesterday, and I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a massive um, Trek fan. I kind of dip in and out. I'm aware of everything. Like I, I ended up mm. winning in a competition the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek Encyclopedia, <laughs> like this big purple massive Ooh. book when I was a teenager, and I ended up like reading it from cover to cover. So I learned quite a lot of weird stuff. Um, yeah. But Star Trek Discovery was like, oh, I'll give it a go, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was, yeah. um, I thought it was incredible. I thought it was amazing how much. Going actually on that thing we're saying about practical effects, like Saru, that that Doug Jones in the oh. suit. And he's like 10 yeah. foot tall and just skinny as anything, but so yeah. um, expressive. Mm. Oh my God, I loved it. And yeah. um, I thought, yeah, it was great. There were so many plots going on, which I loved. And the fact that it was like, <laughs> oh, it's the season's going to be about the war. Oh no, now it's a parallel universe. Now it's yeah. the war again, but it's the end yeah. of the war. And I was like, oh my God, I just love it. Great. Yeah. For a trick, you know, you know, I'm a Trek person, you know, watched all of TNG, all of yep. Deep Space Nine, all of Voyager, all of Enterprise. Oh. <laughs> Enterprise is the only one that I've only watched once through. Right. And I got through it. <laughs> That's how I phrased it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm used to your 24-episode seasons plotting, plotting, plotting. You know, yes, Deep Space Nine has season-long arcs, so it's far more – what we'd consider modern format, but hmm. yeah, obviously in the early nineties. But Discovery just moves so, and so it good. goes bonkers. Like for a trek, it goes bonkers. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I like that. I liked how weird it was, and I liked how, like, I didn't know where it was going to go. It kept zigging and zagging yeah. in interesting ways. And it was like, there was, a, not to spoil it for your listeners, but there was like a massive plot twist. And I was like, yes. oh shit, that's a really big plot twist. And then a couple of episodes yeah. later, or maybe even the same episode, there was another massive plot twist, another character twist. And I was like, what? Yes. Oh yes. my God. I, I, I sort of got a hint of one of them. I was like, okay, I think I know what's happened here. But the other one was just completely off to one side. Like I, I knew the the sort of... Oh, okay, I'm going to spoil it. I, yeah. I, I'd kind of worked out the Klingon one to a degree. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, okay, so that character but starts vanished. Where's there, the... were, hmm. there were clues sprinkled that something was not quite right. Yes. But, yeah. But Lorca, that, that was like, I sort of oh. worked it out as Burnham worked it out. I was like, oh, 
Oh, because of the light. And then, like, when she says in the episode, like, oh, the, you know, the light seems dimmer, I was like, what does that mean? That means something. And it was like, it, yeah. it, my brain was yeah. trying to work it out ahead of me, like, and then, and that was great because Jason Isaacs, I love Jason Isaacs. Oh, Jason Isaacs is amazing. Yes. Uh, Hello to Jason Isaacs. Yes. A good, yeah. uh, he's a good Northern English lad. He's actually oh. from near where I grew up. Um, and yeah, he's amazing in everything he's in. And, uh, he actually, he isn't, I was going to say, oh, uh, is he in Star Wars? But of course he is. He's the Grand Inquisitor. Yes. He's a Grand Inquisitor. He's one of the baddies in Avatar The Last Airbender. He's a Harry Potter baddie. Oh. Yeah. Ah, I wonder if he's, I wonder how many actors will have been in Star Wars, Star Trek and Harry Potter. If that's wonder what the yeah. wonder what the thing is there. It's, yeah, hmm. there's there's got to be a few when you consider that they're. I mean, the Trek one is hard, but you think Potter and yeah. Star Wars being both filmed in true in Britain. There's got to be some crossover. The Game of Thrones. If you add that, yeah. third. <laughs> That's that's a good Venn diagram, but you're right. The tr- adding the tracking there as well is is a good one. Yeah, that's tricky. I can't think of anyone who's Trek and Potter, but I guess if you bring in like mm. Fantastic Beasts, maybe there's there's something in there. Well, that's my homework. Yeah. I'm trying to work on that. <laughs> that's going to bug us for the next <laughs> that's few it. days. Yeah. Now we're off to IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Come back to that. Trek and Potter. Trek and Potter, because like Simon Pegg wasn't in Harry Potter, was he? No. No. Because there's also, I think Simon Pegg's the only one who's in Doctor Who, Star Trek, and Star Wars. I think he's one of the few. But I imagine the chances yeah. are that there'd be like a bunch of English character actors who were like Imperials, but then they were also like aliens in the original series of star trek and yeah. then they were also in the original doctor who or something like that but yeah yeah but yeah jason isaac's great yeah. love him he was also in yeah. the west wing i think i think he was a he was a war photographer yeah. who donna fell in love with yes yes so he's, he's done work oh one of the obstacles to donna and josh <laughs> one of the obstacles to Donna. yes exactly <laughs> yeah um it's funny star wars minute that podcast they with the original trilogy, they very much um, kept track of which actors were in, you know, Star Wars and Superman oh. or any of the Superman. Okay. Um, and there's a huge crossover there. And, of course, hmm. well, a lot of, like, small characters yeah. were in there. And, of course, um, Porkins was a cop on Tim Burton's Batman. Yes. So they pop up everywhere. They do. The the game I've started playing um, when I'm like, it's sort of, it's, it's close to meditation as I can think of. <laughs> it's trying to work out who is in the MCU. Oh, it's, it's trying to work out without using a computer, which movie in the MCU either has the most Oscar winners or which movies have no Oscar winners. Oh, and the, it's an interesting one because you do end up having to go, oh, that actor, does he have an Oscar? I better check that one. I'm always, yeah, and you're, it's Scarlet, always quite shocking. Because hmm? Scarlett's been nominated. But she hasn't won. Has she actually no. won? Yeah. Because Glenn Close was in... Has, and hasn't won an Oscar. Hasn't won an Oscar, but she's won 
a lot of other things, hasn't she? Yes, but she's always um, uh, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yeah, I think because it's it's all. I think every so often she gets nominated, and you think it's going to be her year, and it's not her. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's like the Thor movies are easy because you've got Anthony Hopkins and um, the Iron Man ones are easy because you've got Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. But it's like you say it's stuff like Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, and you start kind of like picking yeah. away at all the different actors and characters trying to work yeah. it out. Because um, sort of funny with with Thor, you've got yeah, Anthony Hopkins, Natalie Portman, um, and then. And then Christian Bale is going to be, he's going to be in the in new one. Yeah, he's going to be the bad new one. That was the that was the biggest news for me because I love Christian Bale, mm-hmm. but the character he's going to play is amazing. Um, as just like a really good villain, so I'm intrigued to see. Yeah. Oh, I guess um, villains. Kate Blanchett has an Oscar, two Oscars. Yes, yes. Oh, and she's in Thor as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is she? Yes, she's um in Thor Ragnarok. She's... Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I like meant Thor yeah. one. I was like, oh, I don't think she is. Yeah, so that's that's become my sort of. I, I I used to do it when I worked in retail. When I was like bored and like I had like two hours left of my shift and I'd just be on the shop floor and I'd always be like, which actor has been in the most trilogies? <laughs> and I'd just like just spend all day just like trying to think and it's like mm. and I think I ended up like. I don't know if I ever came up with an answer. I think I said Sean Connery in the end, but it was very, very, uh, it was like Indiana Jones, James Bond, if you count it as a trilogy. Hunt for Red yeah. October might be a trilogy if you count that. It was very, yeah, Highlander. Yeah, yeah it, got a, it got a bit messy. Anyway, that's, yeah. a, that's an insight into how I passed yeah. the time. Well, before, you know, the days of IMDb, I was the queen of the Kevin Bacon game, <laughs> the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. the queen. Really, the key to that game, though, is linking back to um, A Few Good Men because yes. that's got such a stellar cast. That was, if you can link it back to A Few Good Men, mm-hmm. you're, you're gold. Uh, see, I used to always try and link it back to Apollo 13. I think I, that's another good one. I think Tom Hanks was my was my sort of. I was like, okay, if I was like, Tom Hanks was like my north star. I was like, right, if I can get to Tom Hanks, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, you've got your Tom Hanks, and then Tom Cruise in yes, in a few good men. Um, but yeah, you're right. Apollo thirteen. I guess actually, no. I think you're right. A few it's, good men would be better though, because if you go, if you can get to Jack Nicholson, you can go back yeah. then. You know, you can go quite yeah. old. You can go quite yeah. far back. Yeah. And and even working forward, like Demi Moore, mm. um, Cuba Gooding Jr. has got a bit part. Um, what's his name? Noah, someone who was John Carter in ER. Yes. That made life very easy. Yes. What's his face? Kevin Kevin Pollock, I think, is yeah, in Kevin, Cupid Man. Kevin Pollock. Yeah. And there's a few actors as well in that who are, I think they weren't anyone then, but they are now. Yeah. There's a, quite a few of them yeah. in A Few Good Men. Because I did, yeah. I did see, uh, I think I watched the clip, because I, I, I think I watched the clip of the testimony of that the other day when I was skiving off work. Mm. And there was like some <laughs> actors in the background. I was like, oh, that's yeah. so-and-so from yeah. such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's like um, watching Band of Brothers. Yeah. Every time I watch it, it's like, Oh, hey, it's you. It's you. I there's a new person every single time. <laughs> I swear to God, that that cast is pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah. 
I've never watched that actually. I should watch it. It's my it's definitely my sort of thing. To see what it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Um it would probably be on binge here. Ah yes, because it's HBO, isn't it? Oh perfect. Yeah. Well, I'll put that on my list. I'm getting through that. Yeah. Um yeah, first you know, the original Band of Brothers, good. I watched the Pacific Islands one once. Ah yes. <laughs> stick yeah, just the difficult second album. I think just stick with yeah. the one. Yeah, but um, yeah, we've we've geeked out about a number of things like over over the various socials. So yep. it's it's good sometimes, you know, to just let your geek flag fly. So everyone knows about my Star Wars, mm-hmm. but you know, like this is giving me an outlet to yeah talk Doctor Who, yep. um, Bosch, <laughs> uh. You know, random. You know, Firefly, yeah. or or um, the Pretender with Emily. We gushed about the Pretender. You know, late nineties. Oh my god! You know. Wow, <laughs> that is a blast from the past. Look, don't call it from the past, my friend. I don't care how old it is. We don't do maths. Yes, fair enough. We it is just maths. simply a blast. I like that. Yes. Oh, that's yes. that's the, the best thing about a podcast. This is just like there's no rules. And you can just talk about, you know, just get into those geeky things that kind of um, you obsess over. And there's, there are those weird, those sort of like you say, you got like, we're Star Wars fans, but we're Star Wars fans for a reason because we like that kind of stuff. And all yeah. that stuff sort of expands out from there. Um, I think it's very easy to jump from Star Wars to Doctor Who to Star Trek to whatever. And yeah, yeah. love it. Yeah. See, so, I for Doctor Who with me was you know, afternoon like it was like five or five thirty maybe six o'clock on the ABC here they just have reruns or or whatever so I'm I'm pretty lucky mm. and then sometimes they'd follow it up with the goodies <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know how did you get into Doctor Who over there in England. I'm not sure how they they played it over um, there. It was a weird one because it was always something I was aware of, um, but I'd never watched any of it. And then I remember one night, I think it was the night that they had the the movie was premiering. Oh, yeah. 1996 or 6? Yeah. Yeah. And before they had it on, they had a documentary about Doctor Who, like the history of Doctor Who. Mm. And I just started watching it. And in the end, I I didn't watch the movie. I just watched the documentary and then the movie started (laughs) and I got distracted and I did something else. And then I suddenly knew loads about Doctor Who, but didn't have the context to put it in any sort of shape. You know, I just like knew there was this character and I knew that, you know, Verity Lambert had created this show and so on and so on. Um, and then it wasn't until 2005 when the new new series started. Mm-hmm. And it was because of Chris Eccleston. Like, I'm, I'm a huge Chris yeah. Eccleston fan uh, from, you know, growing up in England. So he would be on, uh, he was on a show called Our Friends in the North. Uh, he did a show with Russell T. Davis, like a, a mini series called um, The Second Coming where he's like mm. some down-on-his-luck idiot in Manchester, comes out of a pub drunk, wanders off onto the, the Manchester moors, disappears for 40 days and 40 nights, and when he comes back, he claims he's the second coming of Christ. <laughs> and it is incredibly good. Um, yeah. So sort of from that, um, 
I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give this a go. And I, I love the first trailer where he's just like looking yeah. into the camera and he's like, do you want to come with me? And he like runs to it and he just, everything's blowing up. And then it's like, oh, Billy Piper, let's see what this is about. And I watched the first episode at university and I was completely hooked. And I just never, yeah. and that was it for me. And then when I sort of, uh, the more I got into it, the more that sort of completest part of my brain couldn't handle that mm. there was stuff I didn't know. <laughs> so I had to go back and that's what I'm sort of working my way through now. Um, which is such a, like, I'm like that with like a comic book. Like if I'm reading a comic book and they mention a character or an event, I have to know what that is. I can't just wiki it. Uh, I have to see it in context. So then I have to go back. Yeah. And so often with that, you're like, okay, so how do I get to that? And you like look up a reading order and it's just book and book on book on book on book. I'm like, okay, well then I'll start at the start and I'll work my way yeah. through. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of how it's been. I've like gone through the first Doctor and the second Doctor and I'm listening to the eighth Doctor audiobooks, which are incredible. Mm. And I just love it. I think it's just like, um, it's it's such a good thing in 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 this kind of like you know the world is quite cruel and cynical so it's nice to have something that is just like stories and romance and yeah. um i think it was uh peter capaldi you know he talks about the doctor and he says you know this is a this is a hero he doesn't have a gun he doesn't have a sword he has a screwdriver you know he's a man who's he's he's out there in the world trying to fix things he's not trying to kill people he's not trying to destroy things he's trying to make things better and i always yeah. just sort of like brilliant and, you know, Peter Capaldi's 12th Doctor, how in some of his closing words are, you know, always be kind, never be cowardly. That's it. You know, and, and that's the Doctor. Oh, Peter Capaldi was such a good Doctor. He was a good Doctor. Yeah. Um, David Tennant. Oh, my God. Matt, David Tennant. Matt, Matt Smith. Matt Smith's my fa- favourite. I don't know why Matt Smith's a sort of – there's something about him I just thought that, that was that was my Doctor. Uh, and also John Hurt. I was a big fan of John Hurt's yeah. Doctor, even though he was only in like two episodes. But there was just something about him and how he had that kind of very quick arc from like Destroyer to, you know, being redeemed. And I just thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's also interesting for me to see with these sort of new Who Doctors what they take from the original series yeah. doctors because matt smith you can see very much oh he's taking bits from the second doctor you know that sort of clown element and and things yeah. he's he's very, very much big, taken that very big in his movements and that kind of thing and yeah. the big bow tie and the the sort of like scruffy underestimated like yeah when i when i yeah. watched the second doctor it was after i'd watched all of the 11th and just straight away like ah, oh, okay so that's that's who he is. Okay, yeah. that's cool. And then watching the third Doctor, there's quite a lot of Capaldi in it. Big mm. hair, big jacket, but then that kind of like, he's quite stern. He tells people off, but he's got a heart yeah. of gold. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's it's funny, you know, these how these actors, they grew up with, with the Doctor and like Peter Capaldi was a member of the Doctor <laughs> Who fan club. Um, so they have their Doctors and... Of course, the funniest thing is, of course, David Tennant's doctor was the fifth doctor, <laughs> who in real life is now his father-in-law. Incredible. That is it, that is pretty amazing. Marries, it is timey-wimey stuff right there. The daughter of the fifth doctor, but that actress played the daughter of the 
tenth doctor Dave, who is David yeah, Tennant. Who's Dave Tennant. Who's married yep. to Diddle Brilliant. Yep. Yes. All we need is their son to play the doctor <laughs> at some point in the future for everyone's brain to just explode. It's too much, isn't it? It'd just be like you just yeah. just just collapse. Like that that is the yeah, the timey wimey <laughs> ball of the metaphor getting away from us. Yeah, that's right. Um but yeah, I, I saw a lot of the doctors, of course, love the fourth doctor. Um but the seventh doctor, Sylvester McCoy, he's still for me one of my favourite doctors. Hmm. He got you know, he was at the end of the original run, so he got short end of the stick when it came to budget and sometimes story, but I think he delivers it and he gives it an edge yeah. that I think you see sometimes come out in some other doctors, especially when, like, David Tennant is giving his, the you know, the, his foe their choice. He's like, mm. you have your choice. And that's what the seventh Doctor was about. And for those of you out there who haven't seen it, um, YouTube um, Seventh Doctor giving the Pandorica speech. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was asked to do it at a um, convention. So yeah, oh my god, that's really amazing. interesting. Yeah, to see how he did it, how or how he would have done it, and yeah. That's cool. It's really cool. I've yeah. seen a few. I saw um, Paul McGann do, I think he did one of Matt Smith's speeches. And it's great. It's kind of cool because yeah. it's that interesting thing of it's amazing that they've managed to all play this same character, but no one's ever been the same character. You know, it's it's like yeah. they're quite distinct, but they're all the same. Even when you get to like Jodie Whittaker, you're like, it's weird that you can sort of look at Jodie Whittaker and say, oh yeah, she's playing the same character that, John Pertree is playing here. Yeah, that is the same character. It's not. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. I think she. I think she's incredible. I think Jodie Whittaker's amazing in the role. Um, yeah. and she's lovely. Yeah. yeah, she's just this bright sunshine, and yeah, she's just fantastic. The Doctor really bringing that enthusiasm. I love the fact that she calls her companions her friends. Yeah. And if anything happens to Graham, we riot. Oh, yeah, that's going to... Nah, I think, yeah... Nah, Graham's safe. Graham's got a happy ending and coming his way. One assumes, one hopes. We'll see. Yes, but um, also I love all the different incarnations of the Master. Yeah. How they've all got their own spin. Yeah, no, that's that's been an amazing one because, like, obviously in the, the new Who, having, like, the three different versions of the Master, obviously, like, the Master, Missy, and the Master... Oh, and yeah. um, Derek Jacobi as well. Yeah, yeah. Who was great? Who was just who just killed it? He was only the master for a scene or so. Yeah, but he was the master. He was terrifying. Like, yeah, and yeah, John Sim. Oh, he was fantastic. I love the John Sim master. But again, yeah, Sachin. Um, forgotten his last name, but he's. Again, awesome as the master. Yeah, terrifying. He's a real terrifying dude. There was something ace in like mm. one of the last episodes of this season where he like he's got the device and he presses it and it's like it's either gonna destroy all of civilization it's gonna destroy all of everything or it's yeah. not. 
and he presses it and he's like, ah, oh, pity. <laughs> and this is that weird sort of like self, yeah, I don't know. He's he's a very interesting character. There's a lot of like darkness there hidden underneath this sort of like mad scientist thing. That's very good. Yeah, he's, and he's just enjoyment, like on the plane hmm. where that reveal ex- one of the best it's just so good yeah yeah now he's brilliant i can't wait to see more of him next year or this year next year year? it must be next year it can't be this year um so it's a new year's day or new year's eve special i think yeah there's a new year special and then the new season will only be eight episodes but i don't know whether it's going to be ready next year or be the year after is sure. that COVID? Yeah. I hate COVID. That's the worst. <laughs> they need the volume for Doctor Who. Oh, <laughs> even now, they're not paying for the volume. No. Like <laughs> that that quarry in Cardiff, it's, it's doing quite nicely it's still. It's doing its work. Whoever owns that quids in. <laughs> Let's see, Doctor Who. Yeah, that's, that's the funny thing with, um, with yeah, the... The doctor, they just no budget. No, just still, just making it work. No budget. Yep, and it's just the power of story and the actors believing in it, and it's all going along for the ride. Yeah. Oh, it's it's you know, like you say, it's incredible watching Mandalorian and Star Trek Discovery, like these huge set pieces, mm-hmm. and like, and then you watch Doctor Who, and you're like, yeah, they've got a fraction of the money, but at the same time, yeah. Couple of bit of model work and some incredible characters and actors and yeah, no, they make it work. Yeah. yeah. It's really the power of the story, you know. So it doesn't matter how much money, if the story doesn't work, it's not gonna work, which is why I'm not super looking forward to the Avatar sequels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't mm, yeah, it's it's one of them you're like, Yeah, I'll go see it, but what what are we hoping for? The continuing stories of two characters whose name everyone's forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what were their names? Sam Worthington and someone. Sam Worthington and Zoe. Yeah, so Zoe Sol- seen... Saldana, who must be, she must have the right, like, she must have been the person with, like, the most successful movies. Because she yeah. was in that and she was in all the Avengers, wasn't she? The, the big Avengers. In... Yeah, she's in Guardians of the Galaxy movies and Avengers and the J.J. Abrams Star Trek and she's in Avatar. Like, she's done well out of genres. You know, the um, good thing about the Star Trek ones is that she's not painted a (laughs) colour. Yeah, she's she's herself. She's actually just be herself on those ones, yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think. I, I can't remember her name because her name is like an alien name. Um, yeah. But he was Jack, John, Jim. That's, <laughs> a that's very, bad news. A very stock standard white male name. I guess so because I can't think what it is, but I think it is going to be something like it's going to be very, very nondescript. I'm going to have to IMDb it. I apologize. <laughs> No, it's okay. It's going to annoy you until we get it. Yeah, but um, oh, yeah. Jake, Loki, Jake Sully, Jake, Is this a no- Jake Sully. Oh my god, it's a nothing name. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. Um, see, Loki was one of the other sort of trailers we saw, and I was like, "Ooh, that looks cool," because I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I, I think that's like the One Division one looks pretty good because I, I think it's based on it's sort of semi based on like two really interesting comics. So I'm like, okay, there's there's an interesting they've they've taken some interesting stories yeah. and smooshed them together, so that's cool. But the Loki one is like. I don't know. It's like a crime thriller, and he's like DB Cooper, but there's time travel, yeah. and there's loads of like cool imagery, and Richard E. Grant's in it, Owen Wilson. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah. It's, there you go. Was Richard E. Grant in the trailer? He wasn't. He wasn't. Was no, he... he was just. It was just when they did the announcement. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I have to admit that first time I watched the trailer, I didn't pick it was. Owen Wilson. I was like, is that like Dermot Mahoney or <laughs> you know, like, you know that SNL sketch where it's yeah. is this Dermot Mahoney or D- 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 oh, I can't I know who you mean, but yeah. there's like there's two dudes who are exactly the same dude, aren't they? Yeah. Who I think also like have the same birthday or something insane like <laughs> like that. But but that's who I thought it was. I was like, is that what it and then later on people saying Owen Wilson, I'm like that was Owen Wilson, and I went back and went, oh, sure yeah. Hair, ragged moustache, yeah. yeah, no. But, yeah, I think yeah. it's it's interesting, like, I, I'm going to have to definitely go back through and look at all of them, but, like, the casting, the different mm. actors and actresses who are going to be in the different things, that was definitely more apparent with the Marvel stuff and the Star Wars stuff. Like, so much of the Star Wars stuff was just, like, we're making a show and this is its name, and that's yeah. it. Oh, and this is the creator. Um, mm. which is which is cool like the lando looks sounds like it's gonna be cool the acolyte sounds like something brand new uh but like the marvel stuff was very much like oh yeah we're making this show and we're gonna have you know uh, tatiana marsley is gonna be she hulk you know cool cool yeah. things <laughs> yeah i wonder if it's because you know marvel being a far more established property you can sort of say you know, what comic books and things these things are based on, they can be a bit more yeah, concrete, you know. Because when they're talking whereas, about, like, yeah. uh, oh, I'm making a show called Secret Invasion. Like, okay, I know what that is. I know, I've know i read that plot yeah. line. I know what that is. Oh, Armor Wars. But if they just, like, because the Star Wars ones are like, oh, this show is called Lando? You're like, okay, so is it going to be, I'm assuming it's going to be Donald Glover, but is it going to be Donald yeah. Glover and Billy D? Are they going to do a thing where, like, Billy Dee introduces it? Or is it going to be flashbacks? Yeah, you sort of want, it, you know, Lando in a chair, you know, sipping some space whiskey yeah. um, and regaling us with a tail and then flashing to Donald Glover doing it. Yeah. That's what we want. Because they've sort of established that, haven't they, in Solo when he's got, like, you know, the Lando Calrissian Chronicles and he's got the thing. Yeah. It would be very easy yeah. to sort of have Billy D find that, you know, and be like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is my, you know, and then it cuts back to Don Glover. Or go go all in and have, okay, Billy D and um, uh, Jana from Rise of Skywalker are looking for her family, are looking for other mm. children the First Order have stolen, and that plot line ties into something from Lando's past, and you can cut back and forth. Yeah. Like they did with that. Um, yeah. th- there was a book like that called First Shot, and it's like old Han and young yeah. Han and old Lando and young yeah. Lando, and I really like that. Yeah. I got halfway through that one. Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> the Star Wars books are quite hit and miss, so yeah. 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 Well, 
thank you so much. Of course, anytime. For coming. Um, I love your content on YouTube. So tell everyone if they're not already subscribed, what's some details and what are some upcoming things or things to look for? Yes. Um, so we are Blue Bantha Milk Co. on um, YouTube. Upcoming things we've got, we've got a video. We just actually finished a script for a video about um, the Mandalorian and dramatic tension or lack thereof. Um, I made, I had a, a, a very silly meme stuck in my head. Like I, I just had this idea and I was like, I've got to just make this or I'm never going to get out of my brain. And I made it this morning and it was pretty good. So um, it'll be on our Twitter and Facebook and Reddit or whatever tomorrow. <laughs> when I say pretty good, like set your expectations pretty low. It's not, you'll, you'll just see it. You'll see it tomorrow. Um, and then we've got some cool collaborations coming up and possibly a live stream uh, reaction after the finale. Uh, for the oh. second season but we haven't decided yet we're still we're still checking our schedules yeah. but yeah cool mm. cool yes um yeah i've loved your content and the the mandalorian um parenthood <laughs> one with with your story was was very touching and it has become more touching as the weeks have gone on hmm. in Mandal- with the mandalorian and learning Grogu's name yeah. and knowing the links that Din will go to to save Grogu. Oh, it's, yeah, it's wild. Like when we made that, it was um, sort of, a, we, we'd started making it before the second season had aired. Like we, me and Brian had been talking about it. Yeah. And then as, every week I'm watching it just like, oh yeah, no, I, we should have waited. <laughs> you know, we need, we need that clip. We need that clip. <laughs> but it's, it does the job and. Yeah, that's that was quite amazing talking to um, Brian, obviously about his adopted family and all that. That was amazing, yeah. and it was very interesting. Like he ke- keeps asking me how big um, you know, Fiona's baby bump is and stuff like that. So we're sort of living yeah. vicariously through each other. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, part two. Yes, that's it. Follow it up next. Yeah. Week. Yes, with yeah. with Mando basically declaring Grogu is my child. That's it. Signing the paperwork, just that's it. It's done. You will never know what he means to me. It's good. It's very good. I have a particular set of skills. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Namely, having a perfect moustache under a mask. (laughs) And you will never know my secrets as to how I do that. Yes, that is pretty impressive. And also, just like, yeah, uh, I'll I'll allow it. Um. So yeah, follow Blue Bantha Co on Twitter, Facebook, and you're on Reddit as well. Uh, yeah, but don't bother with Reddit. Reddit's a nightmare. Nah, yeah, stay away. Just, yeah, um, I think we're on Instagram at Blue Bantha Milk Co. We're at Twitter, Blue Bantha Milk, and Facebook, Blue Bantha Milk Co. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we're easily findable. Yeah. You can follow me at. That Geek Pod and at Catherine underscore Neen on Twitter um, and That Geek Pod on Facebook and Insta as well. That Geek Pod will return. 